the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, Tyson, we've been doing this podcast for five years now. And I got to say, I'm more excited about this guest that we're about to have than I think I have been with any other. I remember when we had Bob Berg on, he's been on twice and he was such a great guest. But our guest today is author and thought leader and speaker, David Nagel. I've been a big fan of his podcast. You have too for a long time. So David, we're really glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. David, I know for a fact that several of our guild members, they know who you are. They listen to your podcast. Whenever we announced that we were going to interview you, they were really, really excited. So I'm really forward to this interview. I'd like for you to tell people your story because, I mean, there was a moment that changed your life, right? And if you don't mind talking a little about that, I think that would open a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. So my story is basically this. I wake up at like uh, 22, well, no, 24 years old. I've got two kids. I'm married. I'm driving a forklift for a living making about $20,000 a year, working six and a half days a week. And I can't pay my bills. I can't afford my rent. My car gets repossessed. I end up filing bankruptcy. I can't even afford a lawyer to do that. I have to do it on my own. I have to leave my apartment in the middle of the night and move to a not nice neighborhood because I just could not pay the rent anymore. So we had to you know, kind of sneak out of that deal. And I recognized the fact that what had got me in this problem was that I quit high school when I was 17. I never went and got any further education. And I did not have a skill set nor an education that would be suitable in the marketplace to pay me anything more than I was making. I mean, I was qualified to be a forklift driver. Basically, that was the deal. But now I also realized I didn't know how to change it because being married with two kids, my wife was working also. But in order for me to get more education, I have to have more time and more money. And I don't have that. There was no internet then, right? And I don't know how to do this. So I would ask people, you know, do you have any suggestions as to what to do? And nobody had any suggestions. I mean, literally nobody could give me any advice. The only thing they kept saying was, you shouldn't have quit high school. I'm like, yeah, I kind of get that now, but you know, how do I change this? So I started getting more angry, more depressed, more reclusive, more vindictive in my behavior. And things just kept getting worse, obviously. It got to a point where I just had this huge blowout one day at work. I was reprimanded twice before I even really started. I was absolutely exhausted. And I was in the back of this trailer because we used to load these truck trailers. It was you know full of food. And I was on my forklift and I just sat there and cried. 
And I was like, God, if there's any way, show me something, anything. I don't care what it is. I will do it. Just show me what it is to get out of here. And a voice in my head said, change your attitude. And I sat up and I thought, what the hell was that? And I started thinking about what the voice said to me. And I mean, I know it was my own, like my higher self talking to me, but it was very clear. It was very distinct. And I thought, what would happen if I changed my attitude? Is it possible that anything could possibly come from that? And the other voice in my head is going, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. It's not going to make you more money. It's not going to do anything. But I said, you know something? I am going to do my best to try to, to understand that and change it and see if anything happens. I asked for help. That's what I got. Do it. So I perceived to pick somebody who actually owned the company that I was working for. And I thought, what is it about this guy that's different for me based on who he is, where he is, what he's done? What's obvious to me that's different? And I thought, what's obvious to me is that he must love what he does because he started the company in his garage and he's the largest food importer in the United States. He must have done a good job at it because he's built it into this huge company. And the other thing that was very surprising to me was that he treated everybody with respect. I worked in a warehouse. I mean, probably 80% of that warehouse didn't speak English. And he would not walk past somebody without saying hello, without stopping to say, hi, how's your family? And the reason that impressed me was because I was taught for the most part that people in his position were not kind people. You know, basically they're assholes. And it's like, this is the antithesis of what I was told. This guy's not that. So I said, I'm going to do those three things. I'm going to act like I love what I do, treat everybody with respect, do every job to the best of my ability and see what happens. I had planned on doing this for a year. And a month later, my income tripled. I went from 20 to 62,000 a year. And this is like 91, 1991, 92, right after the savings and loan crisis. And I was shocked. I was so floored by what had happened that I could literally make this kind of a jump in my income. And I didn't even know anybody. Nobody in my family was making 62000 I didn't personally know anybody that was making that kind of money. The medium income where I was from in Chicago was twenty dollars or $30,000. I mean, it was very, very blue class community. And I thought, you know, this is not luck because that's what everybody was saying. You got really lucky. And I thought, this is not luck. I did something. I did something to cause this, but I don't understand what I did. Somebody must know what I did. So I started going to the library and getting books. I didn't know where to start. I was just looking for something that would give any indication that I was on the right track and I could learn more about what I did so that I could keep doing it and add to it. And that's literally where I started. It put me on a path of seven years of intense study and before I started my own company. And the change was so profound that I didn't even recognize myself anymore, the person that I was. I was so floored that I could change that much. And Also, so excited about the idea because I knew what my purpose was. My purpose was to then take what I had learned and show people that not only are these kind of changes possible, but some of the very dear held beliefs that we have about work, about money, about opportunity are very wrong. They're extremely wrong in the process of how it has to happen in a person's life. And I'm a person with no education. I'm experiencing this. And then eventually I'm over a million dollars a year. That was not supposed to happen to me, right? Not from the background that I came. And yet then it turned it into a multi-million dollar company. It's like, if I can do this, anybody can do this. So that is pretty much the story in a nutshell. But that's 22 years ago that, that I started this business now. David, you talked about a lot of those broken concepts. And that's what I really enjoy about your message. And the one that I always come back to is the middle-class mindset. Yeah. You know, the, the, you're so strong on that. If you could explain that to our listeners, just the problems with the middle-class mindset, you know, we have a lot of 
lawyers who might be first generation lawyers. They don't have a lot of history in their family of making a lot of money or, you know, thinking big. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So first let's understand a basic principle. If you're going to be successful in life, successful in business and financially, you will never do it with a middle-class mindset. And the reason is fundamentally this, when it comes right down to boiling it down. In order to be successful, the two basic things that are required for success is leverage. You will never become rich without leveraging money and opportunity and people and knowledge and that type of thing. And you will never become more successful than you currently are without leveraging time. You have to understand how to leverage time and money to become more successful than you are now. The middle class never learned that principle. Their principle is linear. It's trade time for money and their time is their life. It's a skill set that keeps them in a rut based on the idea of how can I survive my lifetime and hopefully have enough time and a little bit of money to retire at some age to enjoy something, right? We don't even know what it is because most people don't actually really get there to enjoy very much at all. And they're locked into that mentality. And really, there's no way out because that's not 100% true. But for many people, there's no way out because you're so taught to be ingrained in the ideology of the working class that you never consider anything else. You're actually taught that the values, the beliefs of successful people, wealthy people are wrong. In, In many cases, they're wrong. And we demonize those people. We demonize wealthy people. We demonize wealth. In our country, in many countries, we demonize wealth. You know, it's like, okay, it's nice to look at it when somebody's up there, but we just cannot wait to tear somebody down if they make a mistake. And if you listen to the conversation amongst the middle class, there is a lot of guilt, there's a lot of shame. And all of that is designed to keep a person stuck in a rut and be grateful for the job that they have and be grateful that they're able to take care of their family at that level. You know, basically, that's it. And really, they're just being told what to do their whole life by other people who are out there living their dream. David, so many of the things you're saying just resonate with me because that's how I was raised. That's exactly how I was raised. I remember we'd go to garage sales. We'd go to like the nice neighborhoods and they'd say, oh, those are just people with lots of debt. You know, you don't want to be like that. They're just people with lots of debt. So like everything you're saying is just ringing true. So my money, big problems, lots of debt, right? Exactly. Right. So I guess what is the way out? Because I had a conversation earlier today with someone in, in our office and it was about a specific things. People kept ignoring a certain thing. Uh, and it was kind of like that blinking light on your voicemail where like, you just ignore it at a certain amount of time. You just ignore it. You don't pay attention to it. And I was telling him, like, usually to get past a mental block, you need something substantial to get past it. And then you'll stop doing it. So I guess my question to you is, how do you get out of that mindset? How do you stop doing that, get untrapped from that mindset and move on with your life? Well, I think the first thing is that you have to be tired with what you've got. You know, you, you have to really want to change. I've never really seen anybody make it, even though anybody can, I've never seen anybody really actually do it that does not seriously want to do it. Like they're all in and they literally want to change their life. But one of the things that I found very interesting about this was why is it that more people don't or reject it? And what I found was very interesting. I started asking a different question. I started asking the question of why are so many people confused? Why are human beings so confused about their life? It doesn't seem like any other form of life on this planet is confused about what it is or what it's supposed to be doing. And I thought, wait a minute, that's 100% accurate. Like everything in nature knows what it is and it does what it's supposed to do. And everything has a purpose. Human beings who have this magnificent intellect and all of our faculties are based in the creative, like we're here to create something. That's so very obvious. Why don't we know what our purpose is? Why is it so many people grow up and they don't know what to do with their life? And I realized after studying it for a long period of time that basically what ends up happening is that we're not being raised in a way that is bringing out our authentic self. 
as we're kids. So we actually get to know who we are. We become replicas of the environment that we're in and basically told and given options, which basically are, I mean, let's face it, the options that we're given, give us the illusion of choice, right? You can be a truck driver, you can be a secretary, you can be a this, you can be a that. And you have the illusion that you have a choice. But the truth is, is that you're not choosing from who you are. You're choosing from what is it that I think I can actually do? What do I have any kind of talent doing? What can I see myself spending 8, 10, 12 hours a day doing for a long period of time? And that's kind of how we pick and make those decisions. So I always ask a person, listen, before you do anything, ask yourself this question. What do you really, really want? Don't, not, like, don't consider anybody else. Just think about you. And think about what do you think about in your secret thoughts? What are the thoughts that you think that you don't tell anybody about? What is it that you would, like, if you didn't have to worry about how you would get there, if you didn't have to worry about the money or the resources, if you didn't have to be concerned with what anybody else would think about you, what is it that you would want? And when a person starts to think from that place, some very interesting things start to come to the surface. Because the truth is, is that every individual on this planet has a purpose, and that purpose is inside them, and it's their job to bring it out if their parents did not help them do that. And with seven and a half billion people, the one thing that's extremely obvious is most parents do not even know that to help their kids do that, right? They're a product of their environment. And from one generation to another, it just keeps staying that way. And when you think about the kids that are coming up in the generation right now and the fear that they're being raised in, right? I mean, it's doubled down on the safety and what they have to do. What's scary is that this generation is going to be raised without even the knowledge of the opportunities that we were all raised with and the freedoms that we were raised with. So how compartmentalized is their mind going to be in what they think their options are? But that's what I think a person has to do. They have to really get down into what it is that they want. And they have to know that something's wrong if they're literally following something in life that they don't want, or if they're settling for an amount of money, because that's really where it usually trips up most people. They get so frustrated with working so hard and not making you're barely making enough money to really move ahead. And that's where I think they need to start. The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is David Nagel. David, you know, our listeners have all gone to law school. They're highly educated, but they don't learn a lot in law school about, you know, making money, running a business. And one of the great things I respect about you is that you really go back to the old texts and you're not afraid to, you know, talk about and rely on old material. I know Wallace Waddle's book had a big effect on you. And I'm wondering if you could talk to our lawyers, especially our younger lawyers, about how to educate themselves about making money. Yeah. So I think you have to challenge your beliefs about money first, because I've never seen any person earn more than they think they're worth. So it starts off with your self-worth. You have to do a bit of a study in how worthy do you think you are to be successful in your life financially? And you have to have a reasonable amount of self-worth 
inside of your own psyche in order to be able to do that. Because most people, when they think of more money, they actually don't think they're worth it. And they do more to trip that up than anything else. You know, I started off with books like Think and Grow Rich, Working with the Law by Raymond Hollywell. Waddles did have a huge impact on me because I had this idea that I'd been playing with for many years about how the universe actually worked and how God worked in the universe and how everything kind of was supposed to be. And when I read the book, it was like somebody was in my mind seeing that and then put it all in a working order. It was actually an emotional book the first time that I read it. So it did have an impact on me. And I saw it quantified the things that I thought. And I realized that if you really look at success from a different perspective, including money, you realize that if you're doing it correctly, according to the universal laws, with your success, everybody, you can't be successful without bettering the life of another person. That's the kind of success that we want. And Wallace Waddles called it more life. He said, there's a fundamental idea in the universe that really moves all life forward. And that is the things that pertain to life, move life forward. Things that don't pertain to life, actually restrict it and cause it to die out and then restart again. So if you are not making the amount of money that you want, you're literally shortchanging your own quality of life and how you want to live based on your ideas. And you're not helping other people when you do that. So if you want to make money, how do we make money? We make money by selling products and services that help other individuals in some way, shape, or form. That expands our quality in the universe. It expands our worth. It helps me thinking of I'm worth more. I have a purpose to do something to help certain people here. And if I do that with them, they make more money. They have more expansion. There's so many different things that they can experience in their life. So fundamentally, it has to start with the foundation of their own thought around money. And in order to do that, they need to rethink and grow rich. They need to read the science of getting rich. Well, tell you what, I would also read As a Man Thinketh by James Allen, because it's the best book on the number one thing that has to happen first, which is a person has to take responsibility for their own life. If a person is a victim in their mind, and to any degree, none of what we're talking about will happen for that person. So As a Man Thinketh is a great one. The Science of Getting Rich, Working with the Law by Raymond Hollywell, and Think and Grow Rich. That's where I would start. And it will challenge what you believe about money. It'll challenge what you think. I mean, the very first chapter in the science of getting rich is you have a right to be rich. You have a right to be rich. Now, everybody think about this for a second. If you were to go home this weekend and you gather all of your family and all of your closest friends and relatives, you're going to have a big dinner. You're going to put on this amazing dinner for everybody. And in the middle of the dinner, you stand up and say, listen, I want to say a few things and I want to make a toast. First thing I want to say is that I have decided to become unbelievably wealthy in my lifetime. Now, just sit with that for a second. You think about all your family is there. All your friends are there. All your extended family is there. How do they respond to you saying, I've decided to become unbelievably wealthy in my lifetime? Every time I ask that in a live room of people, you know, the entire room just cracks up because you know how they're going to respond to it. So that's a big clue as to the belief system that you're carrying around that idea. And here's another thing that's really true about the middle class. They care more about what other people think about them than they do about themselves. And they will rarely go against the value system that they were raised in for fear that the people that they love will reject them and not love them. And in one of those things is about being more successful than our parents or making more money than our parents, let alone obscenely more money than our parents, right? Like if we were going way above that idea, being the very best that you can, it has nothing to do with, is there opportunity out there? There's more opportunity out there that can possibly be imagined, but there's not enough people that actually 
really think to themselves that they can do it. So that's where I would start. That's fantastic. David, in one of your, I think it may be your most recent episode, you, I'm going to read this quote and I was just so taken aback by it. I actually posted in our, one of our team channels to talk about it and uh, people really loved it, but the, it's from the book of Proverbs uh, chapter four, verse 20. And it says, Christ said, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my sayings. And what you were talking about was you need to bring your level of understanding up to hip space is what you're talking right? It's so different from what we normally talk about. It's like, it's like, you know, talk, make sure you talk simpler, make sure you talk in a way where you make people understand this, but it's like, no, like bring your level of understanding up to my understanding. And if you're, if you're talking to someone else, bring your level of understanding up to their understanding. It was such a difference in mindset shift and I loved it. And so will you talk a little bit about that? Cause I, I can't stop thinking about it, honestly. Yes. You know, I remember when I read that and I was thinking to myself, you know, it's really fascinating because depending on how what your upbringing was, it wasn't that we did not receive these messages. They were there, but we didn't either didn't know how to understand them or nobody was putting it out to us. And when I worked with my coach, the whole idea was that, because he said to me right from the very beginning, he said, I'm not coaching you your way. He said, I'm coaching you my way, which means you're not going to argue with me. You're going to do exactly what I tell you to do. He said, which means you've got to bring yourself up to a level of understanding for what it is that we're actually doing here. And I thought I knew what he meant by that. But once I got into coaching with him, he was asking me to do things that seemed unbelievably crazy. Like one of the first things this guy wanted me to do was he said, okay, I signed the contract coaching with him. He said, first off, you fly first class everywhere you go. You come to every one of my seminars and you pay to be there and you hire a car to take you. And I'm like, what? And I'm thinking to myself, don't you think you should tell me how to make more money first? Like, And he said, what's the matter? And I said, well, I just thought we would work on how I would make more money before I actually did that. He said, let me tell you something. He said, you will never become a millionaire unless you decide to treat yourself like one. And even though the words kind of made some sense to me, it still was like, I have no way to pay for this. And I'm agreeing to do this. Like, I'm going to have to charge everything that I have and get probably more credit cards, which I ended up doing to be able to do that, right? I didn't have my own company yet. I was still on a salary when I started to follow what he was telling me, but didn't long stay that way. I mean, it changed very, very rapidly, but I was willing to do what he said. One of the things that I've greatly appreciated about you, David, is your sort of compassion for people that have been through trauma and your message to people that have overcome hard things, or I should say, are trying to overcome hard things. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about mindset after a trauma? Yeah. So the interesting thing about trauma is that trauma literally changes the way the brain functions. Dr. Amen of the Amen Clinic has done tremendous work in this area. My own son has been um, a patient of his for a long time because my son had a, a was in a very bad car collision when he was 16 years old and had a massive brain injury traumatic brain injury. And I've met and worked with a lot of people that deal with all kinds of trauma, emotional trauma, sexual abuse, trauma, all different kinds of horrific abuse, trauma from that. And then the normal things that can happen in life to people that cause trauma. The thing is, is that I think to some degree, everybody experiences trauma in their life to some degree. Some it's worse than others. Number one, a person has to take responsibility for what's happened. If you're really having trouble controlling your brain because you have experienced that kind of trauma, I would suggest you go to somebody like Dr. Amen at the Amen Clinic and they find out exactly how your brain is working. And what happens is that sometimes, like here, I'll just tell you with my son, when he went there, they did the brain scan and then they sat him down very calmly and they said, so are you angry about anything? And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm not angry about anything. 
And they showed him, I think it was like a picture of a flower. And then they showed it to him with color. And then they showed it to him like black and white. And his brain was registering off the charts. Like he was, they said to him, you are registering, like you're so enraged, you could just kill somebody. And he's like, I don't feel like that at all. But he had actually learned to deal with feeling that way for so long, it became normal. And he didn't realize the stress that it was putting on his body or that it was affecting the way that he was thinking about everything. And it kept him in this overstimulated fight or flight response for a long period of time. So we can, our brains can get stuck on in certain areas and off. And the Amen Clinic can help them change that. But for the average person, these are skills that we have to learn on our own because nobody's ever taught us how to think successfully. And anybody can retrain their brain. It's a wonderful thing. So with that, David, we deal with a lot of attorneys and they're trying to grow, but they're afraid of hiring people. Like that's one of the big things. Like how do I hire someone? So will you talk about that mindset and getting past that so they can grow their practices? Because that's a, that's a gigantic hurdle for people. It is. And it's also part of the leverage that I talked about at the beginning of the show. Hiring people is leveraging expertise. It's leveraging knowledge and it's leveraging your own ability to work. The rule is you hire in the direction you want to go and then you pay for it. You do not make the money first and then pay for it. You will never get there if that's the case. You will almost never get there if that's the case. Everybody has to bite the bullet, hire the person, do the extra work to pay for it. Hopefully you hire intelligently so that it is complementing what you're doing to be able to pay for it. And then you expand from that perspective. Decisions must be made always from where I want to go, not where I am. Middle class make decisions about where we are. It's our whole life is yes or no based on where we are. How much money do we have? How much overtime can I work this week? Right? That's the way that we make decisions. In order to be successful, you have to look at here's where I want to go. I need to make decisions as if I was in that place right now. What do I need? What do I have? What do I have to make a decision on? And that's how they have to do it. All right. So David, just so you know, I have certain memories of listening to you in a podcast, going for a walk, making big life decisions. So I want to thank you for that. I want to talk, this is my last question. You give away a ton of content. You give away what I would say is a lot of your best content for free. Sometimes Tyson and I will laugh because we'll have these guests on the podcast and we'll ask them a question. They'll say, that's a great question. You should come behind my paywall and find out about that. So talk to our listeners about why you're so generous with all of this great content and how they can apply that to their own practices. Yeah, because listen, basically the deal is this, all the content that there is, is already there free on the internet, right? I mean, the thing that I, like my content, I've learned from experience. I, there, I don't really have anything in my content that's all that different than what you could find out there on, on the internet. So that's why I, most of it is free just in our podcast. In the Successful Mind podcast, like the content is free. People are paying for content. That's not what they're paying for. People are paying for experiences. People are paying for results. I charge people when they work with me or they work with my company in the results, right? So it is in the personal contact with us that they're paying for, not the content, right? So I encourage them to listen to the content. The content's inspiring. They can literally do things with the content right now. But if they really want to make those quantum leaps, then they come with us. If they really want the results that an attorney can get them, they work with the attorney. They don't read the law books, right? They could get the same information that you have. They go to the library, go, to the library, go online, get the law books and read them, right? But they need your expertise. That's what people pay for today. That's great stuff. All right, David, we could talk to you for hours, but we're going to be respectful of your time. I'm going to wrap things up. Before I do, I want to remind everyone that if you want 
to join us in the guild, go to maxlawguild.com. It's a higher level conversation that you can have with other successful attorneys. If you're not ready for that, go to and join us in the big group, the Facebook group. Uh, there's a lot of great activity going on there as well. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? We're in our second week of school, the kids being back in school. And today my daughter woke up a little bit late and she was running all around, all stressed out because we we're trying to get out the door. And I said to her, Nor, you know, one way to alleviate a lot of stress is to get up a little bit earlier. And I can't stress that enough for people. I think that we either need to do a lot more prep at night before to get ready for the next day. But if you're running out the door, I did that one day this week, I overslept because I'd been up late and it just changed the whole trajectory of my day. So for me, getting up, meditating, reading something of value, trying to journal, I just can't recommend that enough. I completely agree. David, so what we do is we ask our guests to give a tip or a hack of the week. It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be an article. It could be whatever you want to recommend. So do you have a tip or a hack for us? I do. Take one client and double your prices. Uh Take one client and double your prices and actually do it. Because if you see yourself do it, if you give yourself the experience, it will shatter your belief system around what's possible. I guarantee you can do it. It can be done in any industry with any client. Don't do it to your whole company. Just one client, double your prices and see what that experience opens up for you. I absolutely love that. That's fantastic. I'm going to ask you a follow-up in a second, but whenever I was doing criminal defense, I was trying to get out of criminal defense. I doubled my fees twice before I finally just said, I can't do it anymore because I was just trying to get out of it. And people kept paying it. It was yeah. just insane to me. I, it yeah. didn't. The more you charge, the more they'll pay. It's it, like it goes against everything you think is possible, but it's actually true. It's crazy. So the follow-up I want to ask you is if people want to work with you, if they have any questions, they want to reach out to you, if they want to buy any of your products, how do they get in touch with you? They could either go to davidnagel.com or if they just want to learn what I'm about and learn some of the things that I talk about, the Successful Mind podcast is the best place to go. And they can always reach out either through the podcast or directly through the website. And we'll have somebody be in contact with you. I love it. Fantastic. My tip of the week is actually something I, it was a, it's from a Facebook ad and I was, I, I was really skeptical at first. And then I looked into it and read all the comments. It's really good. Something called a hero post. And they've got a limited time offer where for lifetime, $197, you can actually get hero post. And it's just like Hootsuite and a lot of other ones, only there's no limits. You can do as many Facebook pages, as many Facebook groups as it uh, it gets. It's got YouTube, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of the different options. So if you want to do like a mass post to all these different platforms, you can do it for $197 for life. It's kind of an amazing thing. So I've been playing around with it. It's it's really easy to use too. So I I highly recommend it. David, thank you so much. Uh, I know that our listeners are going to get a lot from this episode. So thank you for coming on and doing this. My man, thanks for having me guys. I guess we'll see you in uh, about a a month or two. Uh, Awesome. Fantastic. Sounds great. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Thanks, David. See you, David. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.